This is episode 136. My name is Russ Shaw. This is Attitudes of Sexual Integrity you have downloaded or are listening to. And today is one of those days where I've, uh, I've scrapped the plans for, for episode 136, saving for next week. Um, had a plan, and, and some of the weight of the emails coming in are um, heavy. Once again, I've been woke up to the fact and the realization that um, there are folks finding this show in some of the most painful times in their lives. And I felt the Holy Spirit of God on my heart to change this message and put this message out today. topic of the show is, yes, still the Tenth Commandment, and some of the stuff that I've learned about the Tenth Commandment, and not only that, but, and listen, if I could just be a friend to you, right, if I was to talk to you on the phone, and I have with some people over the years, man, and listen, what would I say, what would I, how how would I get this, you know, your world is crashing and falling apart, and, you know, what what would I tell you from my story? And I know that the, I'm talking to, like, three different camps when I do this show, and the first one is the single people who are going to be like, oh, great, here's another show about, you know, for couples. No, absolutely not. Listen, I implore you to listen to this show all the way through and realize that obedience, right, submission are things that we do as human beings. The fact that you're sexually addicted does not mean you're free. It means you're in prison, right? I mean, you know that. That's probably why you're listening. But listen, being obedient to that addiction is bending your knee to it. And letting it, letting it, not fighting it, is letting it rule and reign over you. And what you're going to hear, some of the pain that I'm going to talk about today, is in your future. If you continue your version of love, your um, I love you over here, but I'm this dark vampire identity over here that nobody sees. If you continue in that life, that double kind of secret life. It just has tragic consequences, all right? I've seen it and heard it over and over again, and I pray that you listen to this entire show. The second camp I'm speaking to are people that are living a lie. And listen, I'm not trying to be condescending here. I hope you get that. I lived a lie for so many years. But, I, you know, this is just a wake-up call, all right? I just want to remind you. This is a shock to the system because I because I love you, man. I've been there. And listen, I know that there's some of you out there that are like I was, right? You, you have adultery in your past that's unconfessed. 
you're sexually addicted and they don't know. Sexual addiction is also known as love addiction. You know, a friend of mine exposed that to me. Well, you know, there's all these labels that we can slap on people. Love addiction, going after relationships, not being able to stay, stick with one, right? Seeing the flaws or whatever, sabotaging your relationships this because you want that new euphoric experience with the next person. It's sexual addiction, all right? Not being able to commit is a clue and a symptom that you're sexually addicted. Some of you, it, it's a porn issue. Um, I think that that's great that you're catching this thing now. Can I tell you something? Porn addiction never ends well if you keep feeding it, right? It's like a this pastor in Texas has said, you know, a guy isn't sitting in front of his computer with his pants down watching a, a, a little person, right, like a midget and, a, and, a, and an animal do it because he just started that place, right? No. It progressively gets there. And if you're presented with the opportunity to commit adultery, chances are you will, right? Somebody if somebody told me that the day before I cheated on my wife, I would have told them they're crazy. I would never cheat on my wife. And I did because my brain was fed on a continual diet of pornography and lust and these images that flowed through my mind and my imagination all day long when I saw people, right? When I saw women out in the world, I had a rampant, diseased thought life. That eventually did end in a disaster for me. By God's grace, I'm still married. But, you know, and that's a lot. My wife, it, it, it more to do with God and us clinging to God and, and the Holy Spirit of God being there for us and giving us the power when we didn't have any, um, pushing through this, this horrible season that we went through. When I confessed, because I couldn't live that lie anymore, I wanted my wife to know me. I didn't want to keep her as a possession, right? I wanted her to know my heart and my soul, and I didn't want to continue to rip her off by not letting her know exactly who she was married to. And yes, there were the times where she caught me with the pornography, and that was like catching me cheating also. I knew how badly, stubbornly, sexually addicted I was, and I knew that I needed help. And I made a decision at that point to get help. And a few years after getting help, I confessed. And I confessed it out. Painful, painful season. But it had to be done. All right? And here's the deal. Those are defining moments. Those are those forks in the road that change you. That change the path of your life, that change everything forever. And it's, again, life is 20% the stuff that happens and 80% how you react to that 20%. I love this song. Check this out. Tell me what you want to
their secrets away, right? You don't have any more bones in the closet. It's all been spilled out there, and, and people are hurting, all right? Where do you go, and what do you do in those situations? Yeah, you know, I've had so many conversations with so many people at this point in their life, the most painful point in their life it's got to be. And as your friend, right, as a guy that you would call and, you know, you don't want some condescending um, therapist kind of talk. You, you just want someone to be there, right? Man, if I can just be there with you in this situation, what I would say to you is, first of all, I've been there. Right? I know how painful it is. I know how painful this season is. The first thing I'll remind you of is that God is real. He is there. He's not punishing you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. Um, this, this situation is where you're at right like we so want to look for a functional savior to get us out of where we're at um part of that is to blame others you know and part of it is to to run to a bottle or a pill or something to numb the pain and don't do that all right first of all there's a jimmy buffett song Margar margaritaville you know uh, some people say that there's a woman to blame but i know it's my own damn fault you know that song talking about going to that frozen concoction that helps him get by part of the reason that we're addicted is we're constantly looking for things to soothe us and to get us by part of growing spiritually is to realize that God is there and he loves you and he will get you by right I'm going to I'm going to appeal to your heart and to your faith and where you place your hope in, where you place your trust in, where you, where's your faith, all right? I want you to build that so important relationship with God. I'm going to give you a few scriptures to, to really, man, talk to God and listen to God. The Bible is God speaking to us through the Holy Scriptures, all right? I used to get mad and go, I never got an email from God. God's not telling me what I should do. Man, he will speak to you through the Scriptures. He really will. Hebrews 13, 5, let your conduct be without covetousness, right? Be content with such things that you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Man, when I was in these situations, that scripture popped up in my head so many times. Lord Jesus, you said you'd never leave me or forsake me. Please be here with me right now. Be here with me in this pain right now. And even when I didn't feel him, when I didn't feel like he was there, like I didn't feel that warm, fuzzy feeling like we're supposed to get that or something. I knew it was true because of what I knew about the Bible, because of what I knew about grace, because I know that I didn't earn my salvation, that it's a free gift of God so that no one would boast, right? That's Ephesians 2. It's, it, it's a gift of God. It's not it works. God loves you. He gives you grace. He gives you forgiveness of sins. And I realized that truth, that he would never leave me or forsake me. 
second of all, trying to do it all on your own, or trying to prove yourself, right, without God, without asking, you know, Him to help you and change you. Um, James 4, 5, and 6, do you think that the scripture says, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I love that language in that verse that that the Holy Scripture says that the, the Holy Spirit of God is dwelling in you and yearns to walk with you, especially in these times. This is when you need God the most. That's why I hate religion. That's why I have so many of these rants that I do on religion. Because religion says, you know, you be good, you do this, you do that, then God will love you. That's not the truth of the Bible. The Bible says, I love you, and now you can obey. Because when we give in to our addictions, that's what we're obeying. You can't not obey. We're built to worship. It's what we do. All right? It's like gravity. We're pulled in the direction of the things that we treasure. And there's another verse that, you know, God wants to give you the desires of your heart, right? That's not stuff. That's not a new car. It's not a new home. The des what if the desires of your heart are, are something deeper? And, you know, in these situations of pain, I've, I've learned that this verse is true. I've learned that it takes patience. I've learned that, you know, pressing in and building that relationship with God, it sometimes takes getting angry at Him. Sometimes. Just being real with your Father in Heaven. Being honest. Being open. Being humble. Right? God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. The Holy Spirit walking with us. Luke um, eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Right? He wants to give the Holy Spirit to those, those who ask Him. Alright. If you give good gifts to your children, I mean, I've heard these prosperity pastors talk about this stuff and, and like like God's just going to give you a new car or, you know God's going to walk us through some tough painful situations sometimes just so he can pull us closer to himself right you're going to be in, in relationship with God longer than you're going to be alive this is more important than your stuff okay how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Not stuff. Not get me out of my situation. Not rescue me from my addiction. He'll give you the Holy Spirit that yearns to walk with you. Jealously, right? It's building and reaching for God instead of having a gravitational pull towards addiction, towards numbing the pain. It's, it's facing the pain. It's suffering well in tough situations, reaching for God, right? Reaching, reaching for God and building that gravitational pull towards Him, towards something deeper. I'm not talking about religion here. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about your heart being pulled in the direction of, of your creator.
because we're all that's the thing with addicts man we're we're like we have a, a, a hyper spiritual part of our being that's that's being pulled in directions and I'm, I'm asking you to be intentional in the direction that your heart's going to be pulled in because it will be pulled um, praying this out asking God to give you the Holy Spirit when you don't know what to do or what to say and you're afraid that you're going to react angrily I, I do this, I still do this trying to build more of a habit of doing this I pray that God would give my wife the Holy Spirit because he says in that scripture you know, he's not going to give you brand new cars not going to give you this and that the material things and you know, but he'll give you the Holy Spirit and, and I pray sometimes, not to manipulate my wife, but that God would give her the Holy Spirit to, to soften her heart, to soften her soul. God does that. Does it make everything better and, and shiny and new instantly? No. But I've seen God work in my spouse. I've seen God work amazingly in my life, and, and I've continue to pray for for my my spouse and I, I continue to pray for my wife I love her I, I pray that you do that I pray that you have some faith and stop trying to do everything on your own Jesus is real he loves you more than you can fathom and he wants you he wants you to have some gravity pull towards him because he's given you the Holy Spirit you ask him for the Holy Spirit if you haven't I pray that you you pray that when this show's over man you get some alone time you talk to God and you ask him to give you the Holy Spirit this is what it means to be born again not some weird religious freaking emotional whack job getting your card stamped thing no this is what it means to be born again you get the gift of the Holy Spirit you don't earn it you don't prove yourself you don't go varsity and score a touchdown and get the Holy Spirit it's a gift it's a free gift of God because listen you could get all bitter in your heart or you can let God do a work in your heart I mean that's really the two choices you could get mad because your performance level isn't high enough for God but that's just not true that's just not the way it works you can keep trying to do it all on your own and keep falling on your face or you can let God do a work in your heart you can let God do a work in your soul or you can just give in in destitute um, anger or despair right there's a there's a charity that I support called churches helping churches and they do disaster relief um, you know or the Haiti earthquake um, Japan I mean people ran to the church in Haiti there was no government I mean they ran to the church anyway to, to get help for food stuff like that I mean and so when the earthquake happened the, the church collapsed I mean there were just buildings in rubble and churches helping churches came in to assist right it's a disaster they deal in macro disasters I find doing this podcast I deal in, in micro disasters where well, there's been a huge earthquake
or someone's confessed someone you know got sick of the faking and confessed it out or someone um, was busted and usually that is who comes to, to me through email busted bomb has gone off people are hurting John Piper a pastor in the Midwest wrote this article when he had cancer called don't waste your cancer this guy Tom, he he's part of the church's helping churches team, and he sent out this email about that, right? Don't waste your disaster. And he talked about some of these stories of folks who God did a work in their heart because of the disaster. Don't waste your disaster. If you look at this as a curse from God, you're not you don't get it, you don't understand. Like John Piper talking about with his cancer, when he decided to look at it as a blessing, not a curse, that God loves him, God's not punishing him or beating him, God's pulling him closer to himself. God pulling him closer to himself through this disaster. God is pulling you closer to himself through this disaster. When you see it as the blessing it is and not the curse, not the you know, mean, abusive dad beating you up because you sinned. That's not what's going on here. God's calling you to himself, and he wants to give you the Holy Spirit because you're going to need him. I use music in the show to communicate emotion. And when life gets like this, like this piece of music is going to express and communicate, when life gets like this, you're going to need Jesus. You're going to cry out to God. You're going to need Jesus. You're going to need the Holy Spirit, man. All right, check this out. Last night I tried to lead. Cried so much I could not believe. Russ at ASI247.org. 
The website is ASI247.org. Um, again, if you want to support micro-disaster relief um, with donations that helps keep this thing going, you can do that on the website, man. I'm, I'm less about money right now. I'm more about coming after your heart. It, it does cost money to keep this thing online. But listen, man, I, I hate that, right? Money is so stupid compared to some of the things that folks are going through. And some people, man, are just destitute, broke, and that's just another part of this. Can't afford a counselor, can't afford a marriage psychotherapist. And I, I pray that you run to the church like the people in Haiti did run to the church. There, there's churches with people who love you. If you don't trust churches, I don't blame you. I have a list on the website of churches that I trust in the U.S. and across the world. ASI247.org And you, you need help. You can't do this all on your own. I love you guys. Till next time. Bye.